Live from our studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports Spartanburg presents Start Your Engines. Here is your race team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black, author and National Press Association Hall of Fame journalist Deb Williams, former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore, and with our special guests, here is your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. And good morning on a gorgeous Saturday. Are you hearing anything? I don't have my headphones on. Oh, <laughs> I'm not hearing myself here. Wait a minute. There we go. All right. Lousy start. Thank you for... Okay. Uh, now, it's a beautiful morning, but it's kind of crisp. It's a little nippy out there. Of course, but it still is February. Yeah, it's... Uh, but it's supposed to be like 70 tomorrow. Yeah. But uh, welcome to Start Your Engines from the historic studios of WS. PG AM and FM on Garner Road in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And it's uh, great to have everybody listen. We got a good show for you this morning. We're a little light on uh, our hosts here. Greg's um, Greg actually has a, his wife had an operation and everything's great. She's going to be fine, but uh, he wanted the day off, so we gave it to him. Absolutely. And plus, I think for the first time in history, he picked uh, the winner of the Daytona. He didn't pick the winner. But amongst us, amongst he, picked us the winner. he picked the winner. Yeah, and uh, Christopher Bell is who Greg picked, so he's leading the point standings. And I said, all right, buddy, take the day off. So <laughs> that's uh, that's how that went down. So uh, anyway, yeah, big weekend last weekend at Daytona. Uh, William Byron and Alex Bowman finished first and second, so it was a big weekend for Hendrick, uh, which was actually to the day the 40th anniversary of their first race. At Daytona, That's right? Yeah. With a, I, I, I got to correct myself here. You know, I I say I don't know what happened yesterday, but I know what happened. You know, forty years ago. Well, I don't know what happened forty years ago because I said on the air when somebody was talking that we were interviewing, uh, or I can't remember who it was last week. We it was such a long show, and we talked to so many people. But they said it was the fortieth anniversary of uh, Hendrick's first race, and that the car was candy apple red and white and i was like no nah, it was a uh, levi uh, it was a uh, it was yellow and white and i can't remember who the sponsor was but they were right because it showed it on the telecast last weekend it was a red car red and white with uh uh didn't really have a sponsor so uh i think it was like uh all-star five or something it was it did it wasn't a, a commercial a major sponsor. Spark sponsor like we think of now yeah and so it was uh so i was wrong I saw that, and I went, daggummit. I said on the radio <laughs> that uh, that it was yellow and white, and it wasn't. But anyway, uh, that's that. It was a good race. Not so good on Saturday. Actually, Monday. Mm-hmm. We knew they weren't going to be able to race on Sunday. I mean, it was we just. talked about that ad infinitum. The, the radar was uh, against them all the way, and they uh, surprised they even got qualifying in for the Xfinity uh, race on Saturday before the rains did start, and Jeremy got a real good starting oh, position. We all had high hopes for him because of that. Yeah, he qualified seventh, and uh, you know he hung around the top ten for a little bit and dropped back like he usually does, uh, and hung out in the upper teens, low twenties. Well, you know he said Wednesday that uh, 
he was in second place, and he was going to try to take the lead. Mm-hmm. And when he jumped out of line, the guy that he expected to jump with him did not. Well, that, you know, seems to happen to uh, Jeremy, and I don't really understand it. I know he's not a big factory team, but he's as veteran as anybody out there. Yeah. In fact, I don't know if anybody has more uh, time behind the wheel than Jeremy Clements in that series. I mean, I don't know who it would be. Right. Maybe Almondinger, but uh, in different series, like going back to when he ran Indy and everything. But he, uh, uh, nobody went with him, and he dropped to the back. And then at the end of the race, uh, with 18 laps to go, he was fighting hard amongst uh, the top 15, I would say. And Parker Retzlaff and number 31, who is sort of a corporate teammate of Jeremy, that's the way he puts it, because they both are. Chevrolet. Chevrolet and, and you know, not not the highly funded teams like Hendrick or Gibbs or whoever, right. or Childress. And, uh, of course, Hendrick doesn't have uh, Xfinity cars, but you know what I mean. And he just uh, hit him, knocked him into the wall. It looked Plant like. took him out. Yep. It looked like Jeremy, actually, he, he hit another car and sort of slapped the wall with the, on, you know, uh, uh, on the side of the car. And it didn't look that bad. But he came into pits. I showed him coming down pit road. And I said, well, you know, he's moving. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't look that bad. But actually, it was terminal. He uh, said uh, the rear end was moving back and forth. I guess what what's that thing that breaks the track bar or something? Yeah. That, uh, and it kept cutting the tires. And you've got six minutes to repair the car. And they, I mean, they it ran out of time. didn't have six minutes left in the race. No. Nope. Uh, well, there might have been six minutes left in the race, but there wasn't. There wasn't they couldn't have fixed it in six minutes. There wasn't any time left on NASCAR stopwatch to fix it. So, Jeremy, once again, um, as we hate to say and happens way too frequently, is uh, starting out in a big hole. He finished 29th. He's 27th in the standings. He, he got eight points. The leader in the point standings, and we'll get to all this later, has 59 points. So uh, he's 51 points behind after one race and uh, going to Atlanta. And, and this is going to be, I think, an exciting race in Atlanta this week. Well, Atlanta's a good track. Uh, it's fast. It's a mile shorter than Daytona, but it's uh, it's a real fast. I'll be now. Uh, in fact, they have already qualified the Xfinity cars. They qualified <laughs> yesterday, and uh, I can address that. He did not have that stellar of qualifying. Uh, of course, now this is an entirely different car. Oh, yeah, it's a different car. Well, the other one, I saw it yesterday. It's not in too good a shape. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, I'll tell you about that in a minute, about what I did yesterday. But the uh, the lineup for the Xfinity race, uh, Jeremy qualified 23rd. So he's, uh, mm-hmm. and guess who's beside him? The same dork. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if he'd like me f- to say that, but uh, I saw Jeremy at uh, uh, Rockers Roger. on uh, Wednesday, and he said that... Uh, Parker Retzlaff was a dork. Well, starting 24th right beside him is Parker <laughs> Retzlaff. So seems like uh, things like that just happen sometimes. The guy you probably don't want to be close to is right beside you. So we'll see how that shakes out. But Jesse Love, you know, who came over from ARCA and won so many races last year and won the Xfinity race at Daytona, um, is on the pole. And he's just, I mean, he's just tearing them up right now from coming from out of nowhere. So, uh, and uh, he's in the Wheeling Chevrolet, and we'll get into the, the starting lineup for Xfinity in a minute. But it was uh, 
much slower. I think Jeremy qualified at what 181 at uh, Daytona. So Charlotte, he qualified. I mean uh, Atlanta, he qualified at 169 something. The pole went at 173. So it's considerably slower, shorter track, but it's still very fast. But now, didn't he say that uh, they use a lot of the same setups now for Atlanta that they generally use on the super speedways? I didn't hear him say that, but that, if you did, then I... I think I heard him say that. That, that sounds... Uh, reasonable. Reasonable, and you would know because you heard it. So, I didn't hear him say that. But anyway, it's uh, it's fast. So, that will be today. Uh, in fact, it's a double header today. The trucks run at 2 and uh, Xfinity run at 5, so they'll finish up under the lights. That's a 250-mile race for them. And um, So settle in and uh, watch some good racing. Shouldn't be any rain delays today. And running that race after the Daytona 500, which didn't start till 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and I asked Jeremy about that. I said, is there any way they could have started it any earlier? And he said they, they might have could have started it an hour earlier. But it just, you know, I I hate this saying, but it is it, what it is, or it was what it was. That's just what they decided to do, and uh, they didn't start that Xfinity race until uh, 9 o'clock. And it was it, ex- it was over at midnight. Extra long day for the Xfinity drivers because they got up Monday morning thinking they were going to start at about 1130. Well, it just didn't clear up. The weather did not cooperate at, it, at Daytona at all. So, uh, anyway... We've had a little shuffling around this morning, and but our main guest on our Black History Month show here is um, Frankie Scott. Frankie is Wendell Scott's son and is a very respected educator in Virginia. I think I read someplace that he was principal of the year one time, or maybe more than once. But Frank is going to join us at, uh, or Frankie, I think uh, I was told he likes to be referred to, at... Um, at 11 o'clock in our usual uh, Legends guest spot. So we'll look forward to talking. He hadn't been on in a few years. We have had him on before, but he is very personable. He was anxious to do the show when I talked to him last week. And we'll talk to him about his father's legacy and the state of African Americans in NASCAR and auto racing in general, which actually, you know, Raja Karuth is doing very well in the truck series. And I think he drives that number 34 for uh, uh, sponsored by the Wendell Scott Foundation. But we'll find out more about that. Raja Caruso is an up-and-coming star in NASCAR. And, we will, uh, and of course, Bubba Wallace had a fifth-place finish at, in the Daytona 500, where he always runs good. Very respectable. He has two second places in that race. So it was uh, no surprise to see him up front. Uh, we had the flip-flop Deb and Mike. Uh, Mike uh, was going to come on at 11.20 and Deb at um, 10.20, 10.20, her normal spot. But she has media availabilities, which means she's got race drivers to interview. She in it. She is in Atlanta. And so... Uh, and that's actually something she gets paid for, because that <laughs> comes first. Yep. And we always, like I said, we'll do what we can to accommodate her. And she called me this morning and said, I can't do 10.20. Uh, can I do... Uh, 11.30, and I went, well, we kind of do it in 20-minute segments. How about 11.40? She said, that's even better. She said, but I may have to leave in a hurry. Yeah. And I said, well, we'll just we'll get you in and out real quick because uh, at noon, Fox is going to break into whatever we're saying no matter what. So Absolutely. We'll uh, have her own, and we'll have Mike on here in a few minutes at 10.20. So uh, 
I know Mike watched the Daytona 500, and he will have uh, his thoughts on that, plus the uh, uh, IMSA cars will be running at Sebring in a few weeks, towards the middle of March. And And on a personal note, I'm anxious to hear about the adventure that you had yesterday. Well, I did have an adventure yesterday, and uh, I hit it for a few minutes right here. If you recall, last year we had Mitchell Stapleton on, uh, who has the uh, YouTube fame YouTube website called Mitchell uh, called Stapleton Forty Two, and he's got some really fascinating things on there, and he's got a lot of videos. Some of them uh, short. The one I watched a couple of weeks ago was about the Wood Brothers at their uh, museum that they actually have up there in uh, in Virginia, and it was two hours, and it was just, it was fascinating. He does a really great job. Well, he you know we discussed on the air. And then subsequent, subsequently after that, about uh, him coming here and seeing what Spartanburg had and touring around where the race shops used to be, because we don't really have anybody but Jeremy anymore, a, a big, you know, big time. And so I met him uh, yesterday, and then we went straight to uh, Jeremy Clements Racing, where Ryan Delaney, um, owner of this radio station and uh, a big supporter, you know, of Jeremy Clements, who uh, told me they were actually the primary sponsor at Charlotte. So uh, that's big news for us. But we met out there at Clements Racing, and um, it was really a, a, a tour guided by Ryan Delaney. But when it was over, uh, and we didn't stay there very long, uh, Mitchell was like, you know, this, this, I'll get this done in about a month, but this is going to be like a teaser. He said, I can do two hours at Jeremy Clements Racing all by itself, let alone all the other places we went. Right. We walked all the way around the Spartanburg Fairgrounds, the Piedmont Interstate Fairgrounds track, and uh, a lot of briars and brambles and, you know, kind of swampy down in the third turn where it looks like they got a sinkhole forming. Well, like I told you, I didn't even know it was to the point that you could even walk around it anymore. Yeah, the, the, the back half is not good. It's very around the third turn. It's just uh, it's it's a swamp. I mean, it's mushy and it's got a big hole in the middle of it and wet and briars and not you know great for a rabbit, not good for <laughs> Mitchell who was wearing shorts. And um, but we did it. We did the whole lap. And uh, I've told stories as we walked around, and I you know I guess that'll be on his video. We'll see what he comes up with, but. Anyway, it was uh, it was a great experience. I enjoyed it, and it will be something we can uh, talk about later when uh, in about a month or so when he gets it on YouTube. And then, as I said, he'll be coming back to, uh, as he calls it, to do a deep dive on some of this stuff uh, because um, they were so. You know what? He, it was interesting. We had to get them to turn off the music they were listening to. And uh, and Jeremy's shop, like every room we went, went into, they, somebody else, somebody had music on, you know. Different. Right. They can't do that YouTube uh, because of copyright. So he, he had to get everybody to turn their music off. So uh, you know when he went into that particular room and uh, yeah, because he and his girlfriend do all their own photography and videography. Yeah. And they did that while y'all were walking around yesterday. Yeah, but you. But I didn't know that it was a problem with copyrights if they, somebody's got the radio on and they play a Ramblin' Man by the Allman Brothers. That yeah. can be a problem. But uh, anyway, let's take a break and come back and talk to Mike Hill. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. 
Start your engines. We'll be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Have you been in a car or motorcycle wreck or an accident involving an 18-wheeler? Have you been injured in a workplace accident? If any of these things happen to you, you need to call the Carolina Law Group today. The Carolina Law Group isn't afraid of the big insurance companies, and they will fight for you. Call today to speak with an attorney for a free consultation. In Spartanburg and Greer, call 757-5555. And in Greenville, call 312-4444. The Carolina Law Group attorneys are your local injury lawyers with four convenient locations to serve you in Spartanburg, Greenville, and Greer. Visit them online today at thecarolinalawgroup.com. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like R.J. Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Weekdays at 3 p.m. It's Spartanburg County's longest-running radio show. The sports voice across the region for nearly 20 years. There is no substitute for decades of experience. Talking everything local, from high school football and basketball to Carolina and Clemson. It's open month. And we have the studs. With Ryan Clary, Alex Smith, and Anthony Greer. Don't miss a moment beginning weekdays at 3 on Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your growth tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Spartan fans, Big South basketball is here. Save to Bailey, open three, got it! Catch every minute of USC Upstate Hoops action and be a part of the loudest atmosphere in the Upstate as we rock the Hodge during conference play. Levine finishes, count the basket. Single game tickets and group packages are available now. Visit upstatespartans.com slash tickets to lock in your seats today. Find an old 35mm film camera? Are you using one now? Do you want to? Where do you go to get your film developed? Spartan Photo Center, the last full-service camera store in South Carolina. They have all sorts of new and used cameras, digital and film. Remember film? They develop 35mm and 120-sized color negative film three times a week. Black and white every couple of weeks. Get your film developed, scanned, printed, or cloud-delivered to you by Google Drive or Dropbox. Need film? They've got film. 35mm, color and black and white. Spartan Photo Center, 108 Garner Road, just off North Pine Street, across from the Food Lion. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. 
And I hear coughing at the other end of the line. Uh, Mike Hill, how you doing this morning, Mike? I'm doing great, guys. How's, how's Perry and Ronnie doing this morning down there in Spartanburg? Oh, fair to Midland. It's a gorgeous day here, so get out there and do what you're supposed to do around the around the ranch. I've already been out there. I got the chickens fed. Okay, good. I gathered, I gathered, I gathered the eggs and fed the chickens, so I got part of my chores done. What do you have out there? You, I, got I, mean, 30, I got thirty. I got thirty acres up here. We we got most of it in pasture and uh, got uh, chickens and. Thinking about now that I'm retired, thinking about putting my pasture back up and putting some. After, especially after the last time to the grocery store, thinking about putting some cattle on it. <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering because you know Bud Moore had cattle and uh, he was always going to these auctions and. Uh, oh yeah, Bud had those high dollar cows though. He had he had, he had those registered uh, black Angus cows that we finally got Junior on to. Junior Johnson had the. Red Santa Gertrudis cows, and they were the aggravatingest cows. They was always getting out, was always chasing them. And every time we try to talk to him, he wouldn't even want to hear us. But then, I don't know, maybe Richard Childers, because Childers got off into the cattle business, and Bill Davis, who owned Bobby Labonte's car back in the day, he got off and he's in the cattle business, and they was all black Angus guys. And so I think Junior finally switched over and got black Angus. I had black Angus walking around around the house here because <laughs> I let Junior after after I bought this farm from Junior I told him I said I don't have all the hay equipment and the tractors and everything it needs to run that place you just keep the cows on it and keep doing what you need to do well and he did what about that went on until that went on you know, I was going to say what about I retire from uh, chasing money launderers at Wells Fargo and come up there and just be a ranch hand that'll work <laughs> yeah, I'm not very good I take a lot of breaks I've always got room for my friends. All right. Well, that's great to hear. Thank you. All right. So what do you think of the Daytona 500? It was uh, a good day for uh, Hendrick, not the guy you pull for necessarily, but uh, um, when they finally ran the thing at 4 o'clock Monday afternoon, what what's your impressions of uh, the whole thing? Well, my guy, my guy never was in the hunt, it didn't look like. He no. dropped back and kept doing, I don't know what's going on there, but, you know, it was, it was uh, typical Daytona. You know, you look for the big. I always look for the big one, and, and you know these big ones. And they had a big one. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh, did they forevermore have a big one? Yeah, that was a twenty-something <laughs> cars. I think twenty-two cars or twenty-three. Yeah. So that's my my question to a lot of people that I deal with now. They talk. They want my opinion on stuff, and you know, we couldn't make them happy when it was just three or four cars out front and the leader would win by six laps they wanted to make it more competitive and then we started making it more competitive then they got to complaining that all the cars look like yeah so it's, it's just tough to to do but i think the racing part of what we're seeing even with this new car that everybody says oh i can't believe y'all would go to a one lug nut and all this stuff it, it, the racing is better i don't care what they say we've got more cars being able to win the race today than we've ever had. Yeah. So yeah. Um, now it it was like you know always always a deal that Daytona and Talladega the big one's going to happen now that we got them all running the same. You know though back in the old days and everybody uh, a lot of old geezers like me and I, I hear them belly aching about what you just said the cars all look the same and this that and the other and and uh, 
and it was better in the old days. But you're right. You you would have uh, uh, somebody win, Junior Johnson win the race by six laps or whatever. But here's another thing about that. Somebody could be way, way out front, you know, stinking up the race back in the old days. As a matter of fact, I watched the 64 Firecracker 400 last night. That tells you where my head is. But, you know, you never knew when those cars were going to blow up. I mean, you, the guy that had the six-lap lead, you know, he's uh, it was like he had dynamite under his hood when those things used to blow up. And the, I, I remember hearing the tires blow. I mean, it sounded like a shotgun going off when you – a, a car could be clear over on the other end of the track, like at Atlanta, Darlington, and the tire blow, and it's just like somebody shot a shotgun. And it was, it was a, a different kind of mystique. And you know, yeah, you had people, uh, not so many of them on the same lap, or you know, but you never knew when one of them was going to blow up. Oh, and it got worse later on, and like when they made us quit running the big blocks, and we had to start running the small blocks. Nobody could build a rod that that kind of, you know, abuse for 500 miles, and they were always, the small blocks were always blowing up, and even, you know, I was working for Cecil Gordon, we was an independent, wasn't, wasn't making any money at all, and we'd go to a place like Atlanta, and we would still have our big block in there, and knowing that everybody that showed up with those Chevrolets, not Bud, because Bud had been working with those small blocks forever, and he got his worked out. And he had some good engine builders, his boys. But um, Atlanta, you remember the old track? I the love track, it. I've never been track to. Was, I've never been to the new track. <laughs> okay. Well, you remember the old track? Yeah. Was higher. It yeah. was higher than pit road. Yes. And they had an old uh, guardrail with posts up between the race track and pit road. Right. And underneath that guardrail was about a about a one foot or two foot opening we could hear those cars those small blocks start blowing up coming off of turn four and we would all run over and get behind the toolbox or a trash can somewhere because the because the racetrack was higher than pit road all the rods and the pistons and camshafts and whatever else the shrapnel was coming underneath that that guardrail and coming down into pit the pits and many times I watched because NASCAR, they had basically a volunteer NASCAR official crew back in those days. And it was all we could do to keep those guys from walking over to pick up a, a, a rod or a piston or something laying there, hollering, screaming at them, don't touch it, it'll burn you. Yeah, I, I, I'd never heard that before. As many stories as I've heard Greg and everybody tell, I've never heard about that. Because I know exactly what you're talking about. In fact, I was looking at a picture I think somebody put it on Facebook the other day for no particular reason of Curtis Turner when he crashed uh, Smokey Unix Chevelle back in, I guess that was 67 or 68, whenever it was, 66, flipping over. You know, he started flipping coming off of turn four, and he flipped, and the picture of him is in the air upside down going over that very uh, pit wall that you're talking about, that rail. Yeah, it was dang- that was dangerous, dangerous there for, you know, because it was just a, a what they call those steel guardrails. They got a name for them. I can't really call Armco? Them. Yeah, just um, Armco barriers, all it was. Yeah. Um, so you were there for both uh, Atlantas. Uh, like I said, I've never even been to the new one. The old one I went to a lot. And, God, it was such a great race, racetrack for, for spectators. You could see everything. You could be laying 
flat on your back in the infield and see the whole track. I mean, it was just a yeah. great, a great place. And uh, but you were there, I guess, uh, when they they converted from one to the other. That had to be quite a quite a transition for you guys. To uh, you would have been with who then? Uh, I th- would that happen? Ninety seven. Were you still yeah, with I Junior? With, I, I was with Junior up until he retired. Yeah, and then I went over and worked with Hedrick for a little while but uh yeah i was i was part of both of them you know and i was really happy because you know that pit walk the, the pit road was cambered to to the inside to where if a car did spin it was going to spin down on top of you and so i had to pay a little bit more attention to what was going on around me yeah with my back to with my back to him in atlanta and poor mike rich he, yep. he got caught up but yeah it was it was it was good to see pit road change. I'm not necessarily happy the way they changed the racetrack. I think the old track had more better racing, but the pit road was safer for the guys going over the wall. Well, it was all turns. I mean, yeah. it was a, a mile of turns and a half mile of straightaways. Yeah, that was what made it so good. It, it used to remind part. me of, uh, I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you do, the old, you could always tell if somebody had a color television because of the funny shape of the screen. And it was like rounded with little bitty straightaways, and that's what always reminded me of Atlanta. It looked just about the same way. Yeah. You were in a turn forever. Yeah, and that's that was what made it so good down there. And you get a car handling, you could go there. Yeah. Well, did you take away anything else from Atlanta? I mean, from Daytona, um, because it was, uh, uh, you, you know, side by side. It looked looked like 180 mile an hour pace laps for most of the race, and. Uh, uh, yeah, most of Daytona and Talladega now is just luck. If you can, because they got the cars evened up, you know, their cars are pretty pretty even matched. You know, they look at all the horsepower numbers and they make sure that, and uh, they are they're pretty much all the same. So if you if you are lucky enough and don't get a flat tire or a speeding penalty and all that stuff, then you can you can stay up front. But yeah. Hey, I, I got one for you. Okay. They were talking. Who was it? Was talking last week about the GM uh, Tech Center. Uh, oh, uh, Jeremy Clements. Yeah. <laughs> I told him to sneak into the room where they were, where he could drive an Indy car on the simulator. Well, they they have a room. I, well, as a matter of fact, GM because you know well I was part of the GM deal with the Cadillac prototype. They had us take our cars down there. So I was, it was mandatory for me to be there because <clears throat> Dr. Warren and I had worked together before when we were both working with Dodge, and they wanted to make sure that I come down because Dr. Dr. Eric Warren is running the, the tech center now, that GM tech center. It's on the, it's on the Hendrick campus there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I rolled into this place, and Jeremy, <laughs> it might have it blew his mind, but it really blew mine. Whenever I went in this place, Holy cow. In one room, it's a giant room. They had a race car sitting up on a table that a guy could get in, and then they had like a giant screen. I'm talking big giant screen like you see at the racetracks over on the right side of, of them running a race. And the car is like he just got out of the car from doing it. And I, and I asked him, I said, who was driving the car? And they said it was Kenny Francis. He, he was employed by GM to do the, the driving work for the simulators. Mm. So when they start these races up, they got these things called war rooms, and, if it, and they're listening to the drivers, 
and they are already putting into the cars what they think they need to have. And I think I've mentioned this before, but they're already back at, in Concord running it on the simulator to find out if it's what the driver needs to be better for the next lap around. That's how quick they're doing this. It's blowing my mind. Yeah. And I, he was um, told me some things that I, I never even considered, like, they have to take their car up there and get it uh, the inf- all the inf- well yeah but all the, I mean all the information about the car the aerodynamics you know whatever they've done to the car I guess oh, that yeah. varies from team to team put into the computer so uh, the, it will and the mechanic the like uh, in uh, Jeremy's case Mark um, I can't even think of his last name all of a sudden Mark Sexton is that his name anyway the Jeremy's mechanic you know he has to enter all this data about the car into the computer so the simulator is not just like some generic car it's jeremy's car and that's you know i, I never and, and and uh mark is actually there when jeremy's driving the car on the simulator and i just i just had no idea that it was that that complicated or or precise or any way you want to put it it's it amazing it's that it's that advanced to now yeah yeah, I just thought you went down and sat down like playing a video game. <laughs> I didn't have a clue. Yeah, the closest thing to that before was Harry Hyde. He used to carry around a little a little book in his shirt pocket that he got from Larry Rathgab was an engineer at Dodge, and uh, so you probably remember him. He had the Dodge. I remember car. Joe Frazon talking about him all the time. There was uh, there, yeah, were, there, there were two Larrys, and that was one of yeah. them. Larry Rathgab. Chuck Piazza drove uh, one of Rathgab's inventions there, that Dodge kit car. Do right. you remember that? Yep, number 71, that K&K-looking car. So you could go to Harry if you was his friend and he liked you and he'd pull out this book and he would tell you what the roll couples of all of these sway bars and springs and all this stuff was. That was as close to an engineer as I had at the time back in the day whenever I got in trouble and I needed some help, but uh, whenever I went to work for a junior, I had to stop that too. Apparently, uh, <clears throat> Junior and Harry had a problem before. It's like Junior and the Petties. I I couldn't help. It's almost like a Chrysler did because they're both Chryslers back in the day. But Junior <clears throat> Junior wouldn't let me uh, reciprocate anything. So I could do anything for the Woodsies though, and Bud. <laughs> they were always friends. I could give them whatever. Tell them, whatever. Hey, yeah. <clears throat> well, you messed up last week, Mike, and did real good. You finished second by picking, uh, um, I don't remember who you picked now, but you finished second. Larson. Larson. Kyle Larson. Yeah. No. I told you why I picked him. I can turn on the, I guarantee you, I'll probably turn on the TV tonight, and he's running dirt somewhere down there in Georgia. Yeah. He, he'll drive anything, anywhere. Well, the and point. That, the point standings uh, after one race, Greg actually is leading, which I don't think he's ever done before. He picked up Christopher Bell, and he's got three points, and you've got two, and Lanny, with his Blaney pick, has one. So uh, since everybody's coming on at different times, I'm just going to try to see if it'll work this way. You go ahead and make your pick, but you actually you don't get to pick till next to last because you're in second place since we're doing it that way. But go ahead. Make... I'm going to take Larson every week until I get booted out, and then I'll figure out who I want. Well, give me another backup right now, just in case. Boy, 
boy, Bobby Labonte was still driving. It was tough to beat him at Atlanta. His brother, too. Oh, my gosh. They were good there. Mm. I think I remember a race when Bobby Labonte uh, won the race and Terry clinched the championship. And they, yeah, and they both, took, and they took they a lap around the track beside each other. Yeah, yeah, they both were going around the track in the cars. And that was cool. That was. I just, I was just thinking how great it would have been to be Bob Labonte that day, their dad. Yeah. Yeah, he had to be. Uh, and, and we have them both on the show every year out there. And in fact, I think uh, other than Jeremy Clements, Bobby Labonte is like the only, well, Schrader too, but he's like the only active, active driver we have because he runs in that SRX series or whatever it is. But uh, yeah. if you if you can't get Larson, give me a give me a backup. How about Blaney? No, well, Lanny's already picked. Well, Lanny picks Blaney take... like you pick Larson every week. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna mess with Lane with him then. Ah, well, he's behind I, you anyway. I, he gets preference over you. Yeah, well, he, he'll take him in. He's already ah. texted me. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we'll he just. Wait. Text you tell, he's telling you, don't you let Mike Hill have my driver. <laughs> well, I tell you what, we'll play it by ear. If uh, if somebody picks Blaney, I'm not going to pick him, but I'm, I got to pick ahead of you. And Ronnie won't, and I, Deb never has. So she usually uh, picks somebody else. So anyway, we'll just let it go at this. And if I need you to pick somebody else, I'll get in touch with you. Anything else? Give us a quick uh, IMSA update. Everybody getting uh, geared up for Sebring? I'm I looking. Looking so forward to it. Yeah, they've been down there testing. They sent me a picture down at Sebring to turn into the racetrack. There's a giant signboard out there and advertising the race, and it's always got the the winner of the last race on the on the signboard. So they made sure to send me a, a photo of our car on the on the headliner out front because we won the race last year. Uh, and what a great finish that was when the first two guys took each other. Took each other out on the last, practically last turn of the last lap. That was great. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, well, Mike, we're going to let you go. Appreciate you coming on. And uh, I don't know if we're going to have you on every week. I hate to impose on you, but uh, we might if you'll keep coming on. But, you know, it's, it's always great to get your input. And uh, uh, we got uh, all three series going uh, this weekend with a uh, doubleheader today with the trucks at two. I think it's two. And, um, and Xfinity at five, so uh, it's uh, we're in full swing of the thing now. Well, not full swing. I guess when we get Indy and and uh, Formula One and everything going, my job uh, I have to cram more into two hours. So, it, yeah, I'm it, sure. Yeah, I'm sure with Wendell's son coming up. Uh, oh, you, you probably you can probably tell him for me that that I admired his dad so much. We, I got to race a little bit with him, you know. His 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 driving days were, were about over. I'm gonna let and, you run over a little bit. Can you give us? Because I, I I wanted I think I even texted you. I wanted to get a Wendell. Do you have a Wendell story you can give us? And I'll uh, I'll just move the commercial back a little bit. We'll be okay. If you've yeah, got a story. Had, when I first went to work for Cecil, we ran a, an invitational race up in and Union seventy six spent a hundred and ten gallons of, of race fuel on the back of my truck on the back of our box truck and uh i'll never forget you know i mean hell i just just started cup racing full time which is you know i've, I've been listening hearing about wendell scott and and all these stories and all this stuff and and i'm standing there and he comes walking up to me and wants to know if he can have some race fuel 
And I told him, Mr. Scott, you know, I brought fuel for everybody. You know, I'd be more than happy to help you. And so I said, just back your car up here. And uh, he backed his car up to the 55-gallon drums was up high, and I think I've told you all this story before. One of his sons, I don't know if it's this one or not, was siphoning the gas like the old-style deal, like the, you would siphon gas out instead of just holding your thumb on the hose and pulling it. Mm-hmm. He was siphoning it, and I felt so sorry for him because that gas come out of that drum and down that hose. No, I thought, man, this back when racing fuel was really racing fuel, it would burn you, you know? Mm-hmm. You got a mouthful. But, yeah, uh, I was talking to Dale Inman one day, and he was talking about going to Rockingham. We always went the back way to Rockingham, through the woods, you know, down through the dirt roads and all this stuff. And he was telling me about Richard driving his crew, Dale and Wade Thornburg, and those guys had a car load. And, and Wendell was, they called him Wendell. Yeah. Wendell is the he was behind them trying to keep up. Well, well, Richard went off into a corner really, really fast and made it. They said they looked back, and Wendell didn't make it. And the car car was rolling in the dirt, over in the dirt. And they said they stopped and got out, and uh, everybody was fine. But he couldn't he couldn't take that curve. I probably Richard was in a new car, and, and probably Mr. Wendell was in an old car. But he couldn't couldn't make it with all all the people he was carrying. But they was all okay. I don't know if his son would ever remember that because that was. That was going back away. I saw Wendell come into Columbia Speedway one time towing his, uh, it was towards the end. I mean, it was like a uh, 69, like Torino, 70, whatever it was. And uh, But he was pulling it with an old Packard, a green and white Packard. I said, man, I've I never seen a Packard, you know, <laughs> lately, let alone a working Packard. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to hearing some Wendell stories from uh, Scott, from uh, Frankie Scott. Mike, but appreciate it. This, I, I got to let this, Go ahead. Okay. Right, yeah. No, I'll I'll, okay. I think we're talking over the top of each other. Mike, it's always a pleasure, and i probably talk to you next week, I hope. All right, guys. Thank you. All right. Uh, Mike Hill, hard to, hard to stop him. Oh, it is. I, 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 I could sit here and listen to him all afternoon. Well, he got an extra six minutes there, so uh, that's okay. let's take a break. Yeah, we're in good shape. We'll take a break and come back, and I'll give you some results from Daytona, which you already know, but I'll give them to you anyway. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. There's a brand-new bar now open on Spartanburg's west side. Two Jim's Bar is now open next to Palmetto Spirits. Two Jim's Bar offer wine tastings for $10 with $10 coming off the price of the bottle. It's the only place where you can try anything they offer before you buy it. Stop by any night of the week for a good time and great drinks. Monday night is comedy night. On Tuesday nights, they have trivia from 6 till 8. On Wednesday night, team trivia and golden tea tournaments. Thursday night is ladies' night. And on Fridays, they have live music and karaoke. Don't forget to try the wings. They're fantastic. Stop by Two Jim's Bar on the west side next to Palmetto Spirits and Tattoo Warehouse. Alex, I see you got a new car. Yeah, man, it's sweet. Room for Titus and all his stuff, but it's missing something. Like what? Well, you know how Titus likes Tupac. Naturally. Well, the new car doesn't have the bass like my old car did. You need to take it to Elite Audio. They can add bass to a factory system. Seriously? Yeah, while you're there, let them add a remote start so the car is warm when you and Titus get in in the morning. I also saw they can add LED headlights, which you should look at, Clary, because you can't see anything. Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Check out all they can do at EliteAudioOnline.com plus their Facebook page. Apparently, you can't hear either. What? Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, 
It feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call local State Farm agent Cliff Gobert at 597-1200. Visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company, keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting spartan-waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time, every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community, where they work and live, clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Finding something delicious to match my mood can be a challenge, but McDonald's kills it every single time. Like when I need something with a little oomph, that's when I reach for a classic and melty McDouble. When I want something with a little mmm, that's when I go for a crispy and juicy McChicken. And with Mix and Match, I can get two faves for just $3.49, like a McDouble with a McChicken or small fries. And now, my mood calls for a little oomph and mmm. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. of the moon did you see it last night did not it's full it's a big one and speaking of the moon did you see the moon landing this week uh i heard about it i think i saw a replay but did i hear something last night where it's it's tipped over on its side i don't i haven't looked since yesterday early well i i caught the tail end of something else yesterday and uh and the guy had a model of it on its side uh and and i think he was talking about that Somehow it had tipped over. Maybe maybe I missed it. I, I did not hear the whole story. I just saw the end of it. But I don't know if the thing's uh, uh, in some sort of jeopardy now or the, the whole mission's ruined or what the deal is. I, I saw everybody jumping up and down when it landed. So, uh, But anyway, we'll talk about the moon later. we got about eight minutes to cover here before the top of the hour when we're going to talk to Frankie Scott, Wendell Scott's son. Um, the Daytona 500 was held last week. We all know that. Last Monday, it was held this week, as a matter of fact. So they've had a short turnaround, and boy, was Jeremy and a lot of them uh, thankful that they didn't have to go from Daytona on Monday night 
to uh, Las Vegas no or, or Phoenix or something because that's what they would have done last year. But uh, it couldn't be much better than to just go to Atlanta. That's pretty close by. But William Byron was the winner. He had never finished better than, I think, 21st in the Daytona 500. He started 18th, and uh, but he won it for Rick Hendrick. Uh, second was his teammate, Alex Bowman, who admitted he just didn't have anything for him. It was Byron's day. Third was Christopher Bell for uh, Gibbs Racing. Fourth, and a real good finish, was Corey LaJoy. And uh, he's going to slip around and win a race one of these days. Third, uh, fifth was Bubba Wallace, who always runs good at Daytona and Talladega. At, and that's two second-place finishes uh, in the Daytona 500. Sixth was A.J. Allmendinger, who came out this week and said that he didn't really want to go to Xfinity, uh, but he will do anything for the Colleague team and the Colleague family, and they wanted, uh, for whatever reason, for him to go back to Xfinity and uh, and not be in Cup. That's that's what he's doing. He's going to run some Cup, but not every week like last year. Seventh was John Hunter Nemechek for Legacy Motor Club, who also had the eighth-place finisher, Eric Jones. Ninth was uh, Noah Cragson, uh, my least favorite human being uh, in auto racing. And tenth... Uh, was uh, Chase Briscoe for Stuart Haas. Uh, Kyle Larson was 11th, and Kyle Busch was 12th. Looking on down the line at a few others, Chase Elliott was uh, 14th. So the points, and uh, let me get one more here, Jimmy Johnson, who got caught up in a wreck early but was able to limp around. I mean, he was on, I think, that sixth lap crash. Uh, He was able to limp around for the rest of the race, and... uh, he actually finished 28th. Uh, the crash was uh, with Carson Hostevar, Harrison Burton, and Cass Grala was on the actually the fifth lap. So, uh, but the big one, and it took out uh, not everybody was taken out, but it involved I think 22 cars. But it eliminated Todd Gilliland, Daniel Suarez, Brad Keselowski, Joey Logano, Ricky Stenhouse, Ryan Blaney and Tyler Reddick, and it was mostly caused by bump drafting and uh, not being lined up squarely on the car in front of you and uh, bumping him at an angle, and, boy, it took out a mess of them, so uh, the ones I just read. So the point standings in Cup after one race, William Byron is leading because he has a win. Second is uh, Alex Bowman. Third, Christopher Bell. Fourth, Chase Elliott. And fifth is Bubba Wallace. Sixth, tied is a three-way tie between John Hunter Nemechek, Kyle Busch, and Kyle Larson. Ninth is Eric Jones, and tenth is a two-way tie between Austin Sendrick and Corey LaJoy. And that's the way the Daytona 500 went down. They ran the Xfinity race after the Daytona 500, and it didn't get started till after 9 o'clock on Monday night. And, um, oh, let me back up here. The Cup boys run their next race course. That will be tomorrow and the name of it is the Am Better Health 400, and that will be at 3 o'clock tomorrow on Fox. Xfinity ran. We talked about it a little bit. Jeremy Clements uh, involved in a late accident, not of his own making. Austin Hill won the thing for the third year in a row. Second was Sheldon Creed. Third, the guy that wrecked uh, Jeremy Clements, and a dork, as Jeremy told me uh, at uh, Rockers Wednesday, it was Parker Retzlaff. Fourth, Jordan Anderson, who um, was supposed to be crewed by uh, 
our buddy, uh, America's crew chief, now his name has slipped my mind. Uh, the guy that we have on the show every year, Larry McReynolds, thank you, I'll come to me in a second. But he had some other uh, engagement, and he wasn't able to do it. But his car finished fourth. I think that's um, Larry Mack's son-in-law, if I'm not mistaken. Fifth was Chandler Smith. Sixth, Riley Herbst. Seventh, John Hunter Nemechek. Eighth was uh, Justin Allgaier. Ninth, Brandon Jones. And tenth was A.J. Allmendinger. Shane Van Giesbergen finished twelfth. He finally got to do more than uh, one or two laps like he's been doing lately. And the point standings for Xfinity is uh, Austin Hill, of course, is the leader since he won the race. Second, Sheldon Creed, third, Riley Herbst, fourth, fourth, Parker Retzlaff, fifth, Justin Allgaier, sixth, Jordan Anderson, seventh, Chandler Smith, eighth, A.J. Allmendinger, ninth, Cole Custer, and tenth is Brandon Jones. Uh, Jeremy finished 29th, but he is 27th in the standings. He is 51 points out of the lead, and boy, he got to get out of this hole because he never got out of it last year, and he uh, had, a, had a miserable year. He needs a good finish at Atlanta. Uh, they qualified for Atlanta yesterday, and Jesse Love is on the pole, who is just tearing up Xfinity from uh, uh, the great year he had in ARCA last year, where I think he won nine or ten races. It was like every week I was announcing him as the winner. Uh, he's on the front row with Austin Hill, the Daytona winner. And uh, on down the line, uh, the second row is John Hunter Nemechek and Riley Herbst. Third row, Parker Klingerman and Sam Mayer. Fourth row, A.J. Allmendinger and Ryan Truex. And the fifth row is Justin Allgaier and Sheldon Creed. As I mentioned, on the twelfth row, on 23rd position on the inside, will be uh, Jeremy Clements. And the guy that took him out last week is starting right beside him in car number 31, Parker Retzlaff. Um, Jordan Anderson is starting dead last. Some other people here that I'm not familiar with, Nick Leitz I've never heard of. Uh, I've actually, Haley uh, Deegan's doing pretty well. She qualified 19th, and Shane Van Giesbergen qualified uh, 13th. So those are some guys to look out for. That race will be at 5 o'clock. Today, and that is the Raptor King of um, Raptor King of Today. I don't know what that is. Do you? <laughs> I have no idea. Well, it's the Raptor King of Today 250, and um, that's at 5 o'clock on FS1 today. So uh, we're going to talk at the top of the hour to uh, Frankie Scott, Wendell Scott's son, celebrating Black History Month. We'll have him tell us the uh, his thoughts on auto racing, how it's progressed from the dark ages when he was uh, um, helping his dad out. You got something there? Yeah, I did find out that uh, the uh, Odysseus, which is the moon lander from Intuitive Machines, is the sponsor of that deal, did tip over on landing. It's still operating, but some of the antennas are pointed at the moon's surface. So they're having trouble with communication. How did they, I mean, did they park it on a hill? Well, <laughs> what happened? Apparently it. Uh, Side of a crater? One of the one of the uh, legs. Gave way. Gave way or hit something as they landed. Well, we'll look into that a little bit deeper as the week progresses. Right now, let's go to Fox. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. 
visit our website at SpartanburgSportsRadio.com. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSPG Spartanburg. News in the NFL, the, bl- the Bengals placing the franchise tag on receiver T. Higgins. That according to NFL media. The receiver tag this year is expected to be valued at $21.8 million, fully guaranteed. In the NBA, the Warriors and Steve Kerr have agreed on a two-year, $35 million extension, making Kerr the highest-paid coach in NBA history. On the court in the NBA Friday night, the Bucks edged the West-leading Timberwolves in Minnesota 112-107. Lakers beat the Spurs 123-118. LeBron had 30. Victor Wembanyama 27 points, 10 boards, 8 assists. Nikola Jokic had a triple-double for the second straight night as the Nuggets handled the Blazers 127-112, 29-15. 14 for Jokic. And a federal judge in Tennessee granted a preliminary injunction that prevents the NCAA from punishing athletes and boosters from negotiating NIL deals during the recruiting process. I'm Nick Cope. A few years back when we were ready to reopen the station, the water pipes burst, putting thousands of dollars of equipment in danger. That was one stressful evening, but one phone call to Thomas McGuire and PuroClean, the paramedics of property damage, and our stress disappeared. PuroClean rolled in, took charge, and rescued the station from severe water damage. Since then, I've used PuroClean at my house. You should do the same. Whether you're faced with fire and smoke damage, a flooding basement, or need carpet or upholstery cleaning, do what I do. And that's called 285-3530 for PuroClean. You can't predict what is going to happen, but you can plan. When was the last time you reviewed your financial plan? Financial advisor Trent Lancaster and Janie Montgomery Scott's Spartanburg office can help you plan for the what-ifs to guide you in working toward a secure financial future that keeps you on track to meet your financial goals. A financial plan can help you with goals such as planning for retirement, educating your children or grandchildren, and passing on your wealth to the people and causes that are most important to you. Take the first step. Let Trent help you establish a plan today designed to protect you for whatever happens tomorrow. Call today at 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. The attorneys at Carolina Law Group are your local injury attorneys. They will always fight for you and aren't scared of the big insurance companies. The best part about Carolina Law Group is that they are local, located here in Spartanburg. And when you call Carolina Law Group, you will always speak with an attorney like Nahar Patel, who was recently voted as best injury attorney in the upstate, or attorneys Matthew Whitehead and Mitchell Bird, who were finalists for best trial attorney. The Carolina Law Group is aggressive and loyal and will fight for you. Call today, 864-757-5555, or visit thecarolinalawgroup.com. Spartanburg, when you're looking for the home of the best sports coverage around, we're talking about greatest ever spectacular talent. Good news, you're already there. It's us, Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3 FM. We're your home for the Spartanburg Vikings, the Atlanta Braves, the South Carolina Gamecocks, and Duke basketball. Plus, your most trusted source for the best high school coverage around. This is Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3 FM. Gentlemen, start your engines. 
Live from our studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina, Fox Sports Spartanburg presents Start Your Engines. Here is your race team for today. Show producer Ronnie Black, author and National Press Association Hall of Fame journalist Deb Williams, former NASCAR team manager and author Greg Moore, and with our special guests, here is your host for Start Your Engines, racing historian and author Perry Allen Wood. And welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And to continue with our Black History Month celebration, I am so honored to have on the show. Uh, we haven't had him in a couple of years, but we've uh, had Frank before. And this is Frank Scott, Wendell Scott's son. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. How are y'all doing? We're doing great. How are you? You say you were at a basketball we game? Well, we left the game. Yeah, my little grandson, my little grandson, whose name Wendell Scott, is finished playing a basketball game. So is he number thirty-four? So we, we, <laughs> well, you know, we always put the thirty-four number on him. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, Frank. It's so great to have you on the show, and I, I really want to thank Tony uh, McFarland, who may be on with us next week. She had an engagement today and couldn't make it, but uh, for for getting in touch with you and uh, and and helping us get you on the show, and I really appreciate. Uh, her efforts. Uh, Tony's a great girl and a, a lady, and we appreciate all she does for us. Frank, um, do you? Uh, I've got to ask you this because you know, being in Spartan, and this is how I met Tony when she was after her father passed away. She came here and was uh, honoring him and doing some things out at the Spartanburg Fairgrounds, and uh, she was talking about the race, but didn't know too much about it. The first one that Wendell was in. And uh, but I was there. I mean, I was I was at the Spartanburg Fairgrounds and and saw him driving. I thought it was Buck Baker, because <laughs> uh, I mean I was nine years old. But uh, were you at Spartanburg for that first race with your dad? I mean, the first Grand no, I wasn't National there, race. But I can I can I can understand why you thought it was Buck Baker because the number was eighty seven. Right. And we we hadn't changed the number yet. NASCAR hadn't assigned us a number yet, so uh, we just carried on with the eighty seven that was on the car. On that particular race, yeah, I, and I, you know, Buck was living in Spartanburg at that time, and he had his uh, his shop was downtown, and I, me and my dad used to go around to all the race shops, and so I'd seen that car a million times. I had no idea he wasn't in it, but uh, um, there wasn't such a hot car as, as it turned out, was it? Didn't it fall apart at uh, Columbia or something? Yeah, at Columbia, Valdosta, somewhere, the whole back end dropped off. What well, it, it, the, the chassis was rusted. And what uh, Buck them did, they put some Bondo over instead of welding and reinforcing it with metal, they put Bondo and, and put and painted uh, paint the area flat black, so you couldn't really tell. And eventually, the thing just fell off, and he's going down the back stretch, and the back end dropped off of it, and it ran for a few feet before the gas line finally snatched loose. <laughs> you know, it's a but, wonder uh, it lasted. It's a wonder it lasted that long. Yeah, it is, but. Uh, Anyway, that was one of those things, but we, we moved on from it, you know. Um, now, what sort of duties did you do for your father, Wendell Scott? When uh, I mean, I know it's, it's a much is said of how Wendell did his own work and was a. I mean, from what I understand and what from what people have told me, he was a mechanical genius. What did you uh, What did you help with? Any particular part of it, or just jack of all trades, oh, or yeah. what? Well, he taught. He, Wendell Jr. and I, we taught. We started learning, you know, mechanical tools and stuff at the age of seven or whatever. We grew into. I finally got my. I got my. Um, my job basically. 
I became the uh, body and fender man. I painted the cars after uh, Bobby Fleming taught me to do it, and I did differentials and suspensions. And um, that was basically my job, the gears, gear ratios for every track. And I had my um, spring, spring sets up and stuff like that. So we all then did the motors and transmissions, and and we all was it was a family affair. But my, that was my job, and then I was, of course, became you know I was the pit crew chief, and uh, responsibilities to manage the pit crew and manage the pits and things like that. So it was a full time job, and I'm so glad that I, I learned what I learned, and and my father entrusted that with me. Yeah, he was uh, quite a quite a mechanical genius, from what I understand. Ronnie, you got something? This just, is Ronnie Black. I was just going to say that I know it had to be a challenging life to live, but was it also a lot of fun? Yeah, we had our moments. We had our moments, <laughs> both good and bad. But uh, it's like my father said, he wouldn't have done anything. He wouldn't have done like Ned Jarrett actually one time we did a, a doco drama with and uh, Ned actually. My father said, I guess you wished it, you know, you hadn't went through all this death, and so no, I'd do it again. And he felt that way until the day he died. I mean, we have no regrets as a family. And one thing that my father would say to all of us, you know, if we happen to slow down, he said, you can't swim, stand on the bank. Get busy. <laughs> uh, That's great. Quit. He said, let me tell you all something. One time he said, now, quitting is not in the plan. So if anybody's thinking we're going to quit, you know, you need to change your attitude about that. So. He was dedicated 150% to what he did. He loved racing, you know, because, you know, we, we, dealt, we dealt with a lot of negative obstacles and things like that, but it was rewarding, too, because, you know, my father became a favorite of, of, of thousands and thousands of fans. He used to get the biggest cheer because I used to go to a lot of dirt track races and uh, short track, the big yeah. ones, too. But, you know, we would be there, like, say, for instance, at the Spartanburg Fairgrounds when a uh, yeah. They'd be practicing, or you know, before the race, and uh, cars were still coming through the gate, you know, on haulers and things. Yeah. And they went crazy when Wendell came in. Well, you know, Richard and I were talking. We do some stuff together, and and um, we did a legendary talk over in Marsville at the New Cars. And he was saying, he said, you know, your daddy, people, people love him more than love me. I said, well, I don't know about that. I said, you're the king. I said, but he he was all he was also worthy of uh, recognition that he received. I wish he could have got, got some financial support. Yeah. That's the main difference. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really wish your father had gotten more recognition while he was alive because he, he's getting it now uh, after after he's passed away. And it was just, uh, you know, he he sacrificed so much and he did so much to get to get the honors and the tributes that he's, that he's getting today. And I, I'm just glad you and, you know, we had a... I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but we had your sister Deborah on, and uh, she was great. Yeah, Deborah, Deborah, yeah, Deborah, Deborah was um, the female in the family who didn't mind getting greasy. On the trips, we go to Riverside. She would go with us, you know. Anyway, she went to the races, and we were going to Michigan. One, it was it was the, my father, my brother, one junior, and Deborah, and, I, and we blew a it's going to burn on the on the turnpike. And so my daddy, the one of the junior, left and hitchhiked to a nearby town to get parts. And he told me, Frank, go ahead and start turning the engine down. So Deborah, Deborah said, just loosen the boats and I'll take them out. And he was just, uh, I was losing boats and he looked like a little grease 
little grease knob up under that hood. Right? <laughs> we were ready when they got back, and we built the engine right there on the side of the road and made it onto the track. You know, I remember that when we had her on the show. She uh, uh, That just dawned on me how she talked so much uh, mechanically. I mean, there was, I could say, you know, she was she could probably build a race car. Right? Build a- she was well, you know, she ret- she retired from Ford Motor Company. And matter of fact, she still is in Louisville, right. but she re- she retired a couple of years ago. So, you know, she was on the assembly line, and um, so she learned, you know, a lot of good fundamentals of of what a car is what's about. But her attitude was so good. And then she ran the automotive division at in, at Sears in Atlanta mm. for many years, and um, yeah, she was in charge of the automotive division. She took a test. And outscored everybody, <laughs> and they put her in charge of the automotive section. But yeah, she was quite a young. She's quite a young lady. Yeah, um, we're talking with uh, Frank Scott, Wendell Scott's son. Um, now, of course, everybody knows about the controversial, uh, or not, I don't know if everybody knows about it, but the controversial win that he had at Jacksonville that they were appeared to be very reluctant to. Uh, Give him the victory, and he—I think he actually ran 202 laps. He ran two extra laps, and uh, they wanted yeah. to give it to Buck Baker, but they eventually gave it to Wendell, and eventually y'all got a trophy. Were you there that day in Jacksonville? That would have been in 19 early uh, December of 60. December, December 1st, 1963. Right. Okay. The reason I wasn't there that day is that it was on a Sunday, and uh, Dad didn't want brother not to miss school because he wasn't going to get back. You know, time for us to go to school. So that's one of the few races that I missed out of the 495 races that he ran. Wow. So I wasn't there that day. But speaking of that race, um, we did get, you know, of course, uh, a, um, a replica of a trophy uh, in, in 20, August of 21 and, uh, of my father. But the sad part about it, it took 58 years, yep. 2,045 races uh, before we get and we had to really – put a little pressure on NASCAR to make them finally recognize my father in that, in that way, and, and they did. And we have a good relationship. But uh, I just, just hate that it took pressure. Um, well, yeah, I, I would like to thank you for you and your family's tenacity because it was well-deserved. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, it was the thing where my father, but see, the thing that people are, he predicted all of this. When I did the Hall of Fame induction speech, he told me one day he was going to be recognized like that. Matter of fact, we went to Columbia one night. We burned a wren out, and um, and then winch on the on the truck. We tried to load it, and the winch wouldn't would burn out. But they ended up getting it up and getting it up on there. So I was like, "Lord, Dad, I said this." He said, "Son, he said it's where it's gonna be worth it." He said, "One day they're gonna they're gonna write a book about me." I said, "Yeah, they're gonna write a damn book to myself." <laughs> <laughs> well, they made a movie, and they, since, they had more since than one. At that time, movie. I mean, he's in multiple halls of fame. He's getting ready to be inducted into the uh, Automotive Hall of Fame in, in Detroit, September 19th. Oh, wow. That's with, great. With people, with people like uh, Bill Ford, Ella Brock, he and his son. Um, so it's, it's a lot. Of things. He's in, in more than 15 halls of fame around the country. So uh, he's being recognized, and, and we have a lot of good things going on. We just did a, a, a book, a children's book, and... The Wendell Scott Foundation is, is just my children, Roark Scott, my youngest son, he's a CEO and founder of the foundation. And we're just helping kids, getting them in college, you know, STEM education and things like that. So 
you know, we're moving along here. Of course, last year, you know, we sponsored Roger Garou, the 23 truck races. Yep. Uh, I'm sure you know that. Yes. I was I was going to get to all of this stuff. I'm glad you're beating me to it because uh, the the I'm talking I'm talking too much. I'm talking no 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 no. You you're doing great. You're making my job easy because I I have to squeeze all this stuff in there and give you an opportunity to talk about it and you're you're doing it for me. So no no you keep going. But, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you ask the question. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd rather listen to you just talk. But I wanted to mention I don't know if you remember Mike Hill. He was with uh, Junior Johnson and and Cecil Gordon and some of the others. Back, uh, well, back. I think he he went over to IMSA when Junior retired, but uh, got out of racing. And uh, mm-hmm. I we had, think, I remember him. Uh, well, we just had him on. He he's kind of a semi regular. He comes on just about every week, and we had him on at ten twenty. And uh, uh, I, I asked him to to relate some Wendell Scott stories if he had any, and he told us a couple. And he said, "But you be sure to tell uh, uh, Frank that uh, I always had the utmost." Uh, uh, respect for Wendell, and and he said, you know, Junior and me and and everybody that I knew of, he said we always helped him all we could. And he told a story about he had to carry a, uh, I think it was I don't remember how many thousands of gallons of, of racing fuel someplace to a, to a it's like an exhibition race maybe in North in somewhere in North Carolina one time, and and how the he gave they they gave Wendell a bunch of it, and you know a lot of the independents and just. Um, you, Ronnie you used know, the right so word. So- Ronnie used the right word just now with tenacity. That Wendell was just so tenacious, and uh, uh, can't yeah. wasn't in his vocabulary. Can't never. Those are two words we weren't allowed to use growing up. <clears throat> you happen to be sitting at the dinner table, and you say, "Man, you can't do it." You say, "You get up, come back when you get your head right." He put people out of his garage. People come in there. When you you can't run Richard Perry? He said, "Get your bubble out of here and don't come back." <laughs> you know. So he didn't believe in those words, and um, that was the thing that he taught us. He taught us the children, you know. But, you know, he was such a, oh, man, he, he, he was amazing. Well, and, you know, so many people don't realize that see, a lot of the independent drivers, we helped each other because none of us had a full pit crew. And we would help Tiger Tom, uh, Jabe Thomas, Roy Tyler. We were like team together and help with pit stops and stuff like that. What, what? Somebody else we helped was we helped uh, Richard Children. When he first came, he would he'd come in and have a couple. We, we helped him a couple of times with his pit stops and things like that. So it was like a fraternity uh, of drivers, and we all, you know, a lot of them were struggling, and we stuck together. Weren't y'all particularly close to Earl Brooks? Earl Brooks was my father's a brother by another mother. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Earl Brooks was was a, he and Dad. Um, even going back to Sportsman and Modified days, I remember when uh, you know we rented flatheads, and and then we moved to the overheads. And so Dad, we had two cars, and Dad put Earl in the second car that had a flathead engine in it. And moving forward, and uh, we moved into Grand National. Dad brought Earl into Grand National. We so we had two cars. He would let him drive the second car. But but Earl did so much uh, to help us along the way. Uh, they were just we traveled together, we slept together, we ate together, we fought together. Um, Earl was Dad's best friend. I um, at some of these old timer things that you know I, I've written a couple of books and we have autograph sessions and things and that's where I think I met you the first time at Hillsboro. 
But uh, yeah, I remember that. Irvin, uh, Irvin uh, Brooks, uh, Earl's son, a good friend of mine, and uh, he's usually at all these things. And of course, he tells Wendell Scott stories as well. You know, the, so I, I I know that, and I always thought that in the and I know Grease Lightning is very, very loosely based on your father. I realize all of that. Yeah. But uh, wasn't the book, was it Bo Bridges? Wasn't he? What, yeah, Bo, he, he was kind of the Earl yeah, Brooks. Uh, that's right. He right. was composite. Yeah. He was, he was more Earl Brooks, and then we had Bo Wells was a, was several of the guys who were, were our nemesis, you know, for a <laughs> while. And, um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so that Earl was he definitely finished that category. They were just they were just friends. I mean, to the day, uh, their dad and even their and Irvin and I are very close. You uh, know, we visited. Matter of fact, I went up in. Uh, I'm building a '65 Galaxy, and uh, Irvin went up and Irvin had a fuel um, cell and component, and I got some things from him and Annette, and you know we do some things together a lot. Now you the car that we have in, in Richard Pettis Museum, the first car Dad had built. Uh, Richard wanted to put in there, so Earl get, uh, Ernie gave me a seatbelt just in that car. I saw your father's wrecked car from Talladega at that museum that just closed uh, the Winston Cup Museum in, in uh, Winston-Salem. My brother and I went up there the weekend before they closed. In fact, Tony, uh, mm-hmm. was, I was supposed to meet her there, and we got our times uh, messed up a little bit, but uh, there were more people looking at your father's wreck than there were Earnhardt's winning car that was sitting right beside it, so... Uh, that's uh, I, yeah, uh, I don't know how, how anybody got out of that thing alive is amazing. Yeah, well, you know, I, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Will Spencer, you know, you may have heard that name. Yeah. He called me. We talked for a couple of hours. And, um, you know, the, the, the truck and the car, uh, we're hoping to get it back. And he's going to, I think he's going to, we're going to work together on a plan to get it back. Let me ask you this now. You've done a lot of, uh, you've mentioned a lot of, and I don't mean to interrupt you. I just, we've only got so much time, and I want to cover some things here, and you're doing great. Um, but I never would cut you off. I wish we had a whole hour with you. But uh, you t- you keep talking about how your father taught you and, and, and Deborah and everybody. I mean, you're quite an educator. You're, you're, you're quite a, a, an educator yourself. I mean, did I read someplace yeah. that you were like principal of the year one year in Virginia or something like that? Yeah, uh, and yeah, I was actually um, I, I I was a coach for 32 years. Then I went into administration, and I was a principal for over 10 years. And I was in North Carolina. I got I was principal um, principal of the year several times, and uh, Wachovia principal of the year several times. But I uh, I enjoyed that part too, you know, working with kids. But and they always trying to give me. But I I work with I I serve on the board of. Uh, Girls Welcome Fund. We 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 give after school and summer uh, money, grant money to after school and summer programs. Um, but no wealth counties in North Carolina, so I'm still still involved somewhat with with that type of thing. In addition to working with the foundation, you know, we are we move into a new college institute in Martinsville. I invite your visitors to come up to that. Uh, so we we've done something. I did a legendary talk. Rich and I did a legendary talk in December. And we had almost 300 people there. We standing room only and seats and everything. So we um, through the partnership that we had with Richard with GMS last year with Roger. So we we, we staying busy. My daughter is uh this is her second year as a first grade teacher. She loves it. She loves educating. Uh, you got any advice for a 
uh, a first grade teacher that's just getting getting her feet wet? Well, you know, she, she's a, she's starting in a good area. Those kids are uh, starving for affection. They just they'll just come up to you and just stand close enough so they can just feel your body against them. You know, that's how much love. So many kids are dying for infection because a lot of them are not getting it at home. Tell her that she'll never regret. Tell her I said she'll never regret a day that she spent teaching. Uh, she'll I, never regret it. I will teach to tell her that. You know, I, she had me in there. When I wrote the first book I wrote, uh, she had me come to her, like, fourth grade class at, at an elementary school and, and make a little speech as an author. She called me a public author instead of a published author. And and so I did a, a speech at her school and brought the book that I one of the books I wrote I had with me, and I made like a half an hour speech. It was career day, and I talked as an author, not as an investigator, which is what I am. And uh, those yeah. kids, when I got finished, I mean they swamped me. They were crawling all over me, they hugging me, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, we recently did a um, um, award get a read along uh, with my new book, Born Driven to over 600 kids at New College Institute. We gave each one of those kids a book and a poster in, in Henry County at, at the New College Institute. We just did that uh, a few weeks ago. So uh, we brought, they bust the kids in from the school system, and we had them in, the, in there and worked, talked to them, and then I also talked to them myself. And they got to visit the display that we have on my father's artifacts at the New College Institute. If you haven't been there, I invite you to come. I think you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy that. I'll do that. Frank, we got to let you go. I gave you six extra minutes anyway, and it's just so you're such an, <laughs> e- you're such an easy interview. I mean, you kind of interview yourself, yeah. and uh, I really appreciate you coming on, and I can't think of anybody better to, to have on to honor yeah. Wendell Scott and, uh, and our Black History Month week uh, that we're, we're doing. We might do it next week. Like I said, Tony may be on. So thank you so much for right. coming on, and I hope I bump into you at one of these yeah. Old timer things down yeah. the road because I'll be at some yeah, of them. I'll be. I, I normally I, I didn't make it this year because it was raining forecast, but I'll be there every year. Okay. But I want to say this before you hang up. Okay. Ray Arnold was one of our guys. Ray Arnold was a, a loyal pit crew member, supporter of Wendell Scott. They loved my father, loved him, and he was instrumental in helping us in a lot of ways, especially when we came that, in that direction. And uh, he was on our pit crew and and. Uh, he, he was a great, great man. So we have great memories of he and his family. Frank, I, it makes me sick that I didn't know him because I met I, I met Tony because of his death. And, you know, we've been doing this radio show for seven years, and we had another one before this that I was on. And we could have had – he could have been a regular. I'm just so sorry I missed out on uh, another he great educator. Him. Another great educator. Absolutely. 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 And whenever he could be at, at a race where we were, he was there and – he was all, like I said, part of the pit crew, and and uh, he traveled with us when he could because, you know, he had a job, too, to do. And we and we raced all over the country, so he couldn't make all the races. Yeah. But whenever we came south or the major races like Daytona and Charlotte, he was always there, and uh, he, he was a great man. We have, I, I love him. I love his, I love the memories we've had with Ray on Raymond. We call him Rags. <laughs> he got a rag in his back, a, 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 a rag in his back pocket, a mechanic rag. Yeah. We call him Rags. We had a lot of fun together. Frank, got to let you go. I, now you got eight extra minutes. So uh, thank you so much well, for coming on, and I can't wait to run into <laughs> you down the road somewhere. Well, I'll see you soon. All right. Thank you very much. That's uh, that's thank Frank you. Scott, who was a great interview. Don't you think, Ronnie? Oh, absolutely. And, and 
listening to him talk, you could tell he is an educator. Yep. He's a great guy. All right, we're running a little behind, but it's no big deal. We'll get caught up, and we're going to have a Deb here in a few minutes. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. You already know Palmetto Spirits is the place to go for wine, fine bourbons, and home bar essentials. But Palmetto Spirits is also the perfect place to pick up your favorite local craft brews like R.J. Rockers, crowd-pleasing Budweiser brands, and world-famous imports like Stella Artois, Modelo, and Corona. Whether you're in search of the ideal wine pairing or the ideal gift, Jim and the staff at Palmetto Spirits will get it in your hands. Palmetto Spirits, located at the corner of Reedville and Anderson Mill Roads. Spring is here, and so are the savings at Greer Nissan. Deals are in full bloom this month on all your favorite Nissan models, like a new 2023 Sentra or Frontier. Your choice, lease for only $1.99 a month, or hit the road in a new Nissan Rogue. Lease for only $2.99 a month. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard, or shop online 24-7 at GreerNissan.com. Spartan Waste is putting trash in its place in Spartanburg County. Spartan Waste is your locally owned trash collection company keeping your community clean. Do your part by visiting spartan-waste.com to make sure your trash is picked up on time every time. And when we say Spartan Waste is locally owned, we mean the owners, Mark Nelson and Mark Mullen, are on the job every day, keeping the Spartanburg community where they work and live clean for their families and yours. Keep it clean with Spartan Waste. Make Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney your source for propane in Spartanburg County. They offer propane for hot water heaters, cooking, and heat. They can fill your grill tank and get you ready for grilling season. Not only do they sell propane, but they sell a large variety of propane accessories such as grill tanks and other appliances that run on propane. If your propane tank is running low, call and we'll have it filled within one business day. Call them at 864-461-8511. That's Phillips and Long Fuel, located at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Set your alarm. All right. I've added it to reminders. 7 a.m. Every weekday, Spartanburg's best sports is on Bumpin' Run. Hosted by Tyler Sugar. That's the guy. That's the hero. We're talking sports and other stuff. Hear from local high school and college coaches, including USC Upstate, Clemson, and South Carolina. Two hours to begin your day. The Bumpin' Runway. Right here on Fox Sports Spartanburg 98.3. Image Printing is the only shop in the upstate that prints signage, decals, banners, t-shirts, wide format printing, full color paper printing, and offers graphic design services all in-house. And now Image Printing is offering custom t-shirts with no minimum quantity. That's right. Image Printing now offers direct-to-garment printing, which means you can get your design printed on a t-shirt whether you want one or 1,000. Visit Image Printing at 845 California Ave, across the street from the Spartanburg County Detention Center. Call 864-583-8848. And welcome back to Start Your Engines, and we're going to do a little short stint here before... uh, we talked to Deb. Uh, I want to take this opportunity, as I do, and I try to do every week, to thank Lanny McKinney for all he does for us, maintaining our 
Have you seen our new website, Ronnie? I have. I went on it last night. Yeah. Uh, Lanny has put a lot of work into that thing, and it is awesome. Well, I, Lanny, I know you're listening. I, I got to get you to walk me through loading pictures on there, and maybe I'll do that this weekend because I can, I can put tons of pictures on there. I mean, I don't know if it, it'll hold them all or, or what the deal is, but uh, Lanny maintains our uh, Facebook page, our website, our and the Budmore Engineering uh, website. So, uh, and, and one of the things we're going to ask you, Lanny, is if you'll put a link on there to the YouTube channel for Stapleton Forty Two. Stapleton Forty Two, because he's uh, going to have some Spartanburg on there coming up real soon. And he, he, when I went around with him yesterday, he said there was so much history in Spartanburg that instead of doing a show on Spartanburg, uh, he, he's going to use what we did yesterday as a teaser. And come back and do a deep dive like at Jeremy Clements uh, Racing, which we spent some time out there, and it was he literally was flabbergasted that there was so much. We walked around the fairgrounds racetrack, if you can believe that, and uh, I just talked about that earlier, how swampy parts of it was. But yeah, anyway, Lanny, we appreciate everything you do for us, and anything you need, let me or Greg know, and well, you got it, you got it handled. Don't worry about it. So uh, let's look at the trucks. We. Uh, talked about the truck race last week because it was on friday night but they uh, are running today the atlanta 200 that's at two o'clock on fs1 uh i don't think i was able to pull up the point standings last week so here are the point standings for the trucks uh tyler ankrum is the points leader nick sanchez who won the race at daytona is second christian eckes is third brett holmes is fourth in a tie with matt crafton there's a tie for six between Corey Heim and Ty Majeski. Eighth, as um, Frank Scott was just talking about, is Raja Karuth, who uh, I believe he, um, I believe that's the Frank, uh, uh, the Wendell Scott Foundation truck, and I'm glad that uh, Frank Scott mentioned that because I was going to. They do a lot of things for uh, uh, children, educating children and, and underprivileged children. Uh, they got a website you can donate to. Just go to just Google Wendell Scott, and you'll get pages of Wendell Scott and the Wendell Scott Foundation's right there amongst it. Uh, so Rajah's eighth in the truck standings. Ninth is uh, a tie between Spencer Boyd and Bailey Curry. So that's the way the uh, that's the way the trucks shape out, and they are going to uh, they're going to be racing at two o'clock this afternoon. Well, Ronnie. Um, it looks like something's going on over here, and I can't tell what it is. I don't know if Tyler might be messing with it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's not counting me down, so I'm not really getting a I'm not really getting a time of when the when to have the next break. So anyway, uh, I'll try to figure it out. I'll do some other things here before we talk to Deb. Arca is off until March the eighth when they will run the General Tire 150 at Phoenix. And that's on a Friday, and it will be at uh, eight o'clock on a Friday night, March the third, uh, March the eighth, on FS1. Arca's point standings: Gus Dean is the leader, and because he won the race at Daytona, and he's the one that said he was from uh, Bluffton, South Carolina. So looks like we may have another uh, stock car driver on the horizon for this state. Because Lord knows we don't have anybody but Jeremy that I know of on a on a big scale. Thomas Anunziata is second in ARCA points. Greg Van Alst is third. Christian Rose is fourth. Tim Richmond is fifth. J. 
Jason Kitzmiller is sixth. Gil Linster is seventh. Alex Club is eighth. Amber Balcon is ninth. And Jake Finch of uh, the the Finch that used to the race out of here, James Finch, the, when they had uh, the uh, racing team uh, from Spartanburg that they bought from Buckshot Jones. He is an up-and-comer, and he is 10th in the ARCA standings. Uh, we talked a little bit about the uh, IMSA, the 24 hours of Daytona is all they've run so far, and leading the point standings is the Penske Porsche team of, with the, the main drivers. They won't have four drivers. I don't know. Well, they might. I don't know how many they'll have at Sebring because it is a 12-hour race. But the uh, the drivers are Dane, Dane Cameron, Felipe Nasser, Joseph Newgarten, and Preston Campbell. Second is the Wheeling Engineering Cadillac team with uh, Felipe Durrani, Tom Blomquist, and Jake Atkins. They have 355 points, so they're 25 points out of, out of the lead. They're right there, and they're the defending champions at Sebring. And that race, by the way, is on Saturday, March the 16th, and it is called the Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring. Very famous race. And as a matter of fact, leading up to that, and I talked to him this week, we're going to have uh, Roger Mandeville come on because he won races at Sebring many times. He won his class in the 24 Hours of Daytona three times. So uh, he was a great Mazda star and an and a IMSA champion, and uh, we're going to have him on probably the day of Sebring. I'm going to work that out with him. He's down in Florida, vacationing, like a lot of people are. Uh, third in the points is the Wayne Taylor Ac- Acura. They're, uh, they got 326 points. That's with uh, Jensen Button, Jordan Taylor, Louis Delatraz, and Colton Herta, the Indy driver. Fourth in the IMSA points is uh, Roger uh, is uh, the Penske Porsche with uh, Nick Tandy, Lawrence Van Thur, Jaminet, um, Matthew Jaminet, and Kevin Estry. And fifth is the new team, the Proton Competition team. That's a Porsche with uh, Gian Maria Bruni, Niel Gianni, Felipe Dumas, and Clemente Piccariello. And I hope they don't climb up much farther into standings, and I won't have to suffer through those names, of course. They won't have all those drivers running in the when they get down to the races that are only about two hours long. So let's take our next break. I hope this works uh, because there's something different about the screen here, and I don't know what it is or what I could have done. But hopefully uh, hopefully this uh, commercial will fire off, and we're going to come back and get Deb Williams on the phone. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Spring is here, and so are the savings at Greer Nissan. Deals are in full bloom this month on all your favorite Nissan models, like a new 2023 Sentra or Frontier. Your choice, lease for only $199 a month. Or hit the road in a new Nissan Road, lease for only $299 a month. Low prices, big selection, and committed to quality customer service. Come see us on Wade Hampton Boulevard or shop online 24-7 at rearnissan.com. Business owners, have product or material you need moved, shipped, stored? Upstate Logistics in Spartanburg has the expertise in transportation and warehousing you're looking for in Spartanburg County and beyond. For over a decade, Upstate Logistics has provided businesses with storage and logistics services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. Upstate Logistics, proud to be a part of our community, serving Spartanburg County and beyond since 2005. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and inventory moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. That's UpstateLogistics.com. 
Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. You can't predict what is going to happen, but you can plan. When was the last time you reviewed your financial plan? Financial advisor Trent Lancaster and Janie Montgomery Scott's Spartanburg office can help you plan for the what-ifs to guide you in working toward a secure financial future that keeps you on track to meet your financial goals. A financial plan can help you with goals such as planning for retirement, educating your children or grandchildren, and passing on your wealth to the people and causes that are most important to you. Take the first step. Let Trent help you establish a plan today designed to protect you for whatever happens tomorrow. Call today at 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Spartan fans, Big South basketball is here. Save to Bailey, open three, got it! Catch every minute of USC Upstate Hoops action and be a part of the loudest atmosphere in the Upstate as we rock the Hodge during conference play. Levine finishes, count the basket. Single game tickets and group packages are available now. Visit UpstateSpartans.com slash tickets to lock in your seats today. Find an old 35mm film camera? Are you using one now? Do you want to? Where do you go to get your film developed? Spartan Photo Center, the last full-service camera store in South Carolina. They have all sorts of new and used cameras, digital and film. Remember film? They develop 35mm and 120-sized color negative film three times a week. Black and white every couple of weeks. Get your film developed, scanned, printed, or cloud delivered to you by Google Drive or Dropbox. Need film? They've got film. 35mm color and black and white. Spartan Photo Center, 108 Garner Road, just off North Pine Street, across from the Food Lion. Spartanburg's radio home for Gamecock football. Fox Sports Spartanburg, 98.3 FM, WSBG Spartanburg. Finding something delicious to match my mood can be a challenge, but McDonald's kills it every single time. Like when I need something with a little oomph, that's when I reach for a classic and melty McDouble. When I want something with a little mmm, that's when I go for a crispy and juicy McChicken. And with Mix and Match, I can get two faves for just $3.49, like a McDouble with a McChicken or small fries. And now, my mood calls for a little oomph and mmm. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Deb Williams is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Now let's go live to Deb. And welcome back. And uh, Deb, how are you this morning? You're down in Atlanta, right? Um, I am, and it's a very, very busy morning, so everything's quite quite good. You know, the weather's good. It's it's chilly uh, this morning, but it's warming up, and it's sunny, so 
It's the first race weekend we've had sunny, so that's good. Did you have a, a – you stayed for everything at Daytona, and I guess got back late, uh, what, like maybe Tuesday or something? I got back home about 7 o'clock Tuesday night. Okay. Well, it's a quick turnaround uh, for you. Yeah, it, it, it was, and it was some really long nights and days in Daytona. It, it started out with – Media day on Wednesday, which meant getting up at 5 in the morning because media day starts at 8 and registration starts at 6.30. And that goes until 4. And then you are riding and you go straight into qualifying that night and then back the next day. And with the ARCA race going so late on Friday night, and uh, I believe after the 500 and with that Xfinity race being after the Daytona 500, it was 2.30 Tuesday morning when I got in bed. Yeah. So other than that, nothing much going on? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was talking to Jeremy Wednesday, and uh, he was just thankful they weren't going to uh, Las Vegas or Phoenix or someplace this weekend. Yeah, I was quite thankful about that, too. I'm not going to either one of those races, but I was happy to know that Atlanta was just a five-hour drive from the house. Yeah. Uh, well, Speaking of which, how was I-85 coming through Spartanburg? It wasn't bad. Oh, it's getting coming better. through that, it, well, I hit it at, at kind of a rush hour. There was some issue coming through there, and I slowed down there. But uh, overall, it was okay. I, I made it through and then got at the tail end of rush hour in Atlanta. So uh, until I got into downtown Atlanta, it was, you know, progressive, progressing well. And then I got into downtown Atlanta and... It was slow-moving, but it you weren't stopped. At least so it was, was moving. Good. That's correct. Um, let's do our picks before you have to dash off and do an interview or something. Um, I, I, like I said, I'm trying to do it from uh, best to, from worst to best, and uh, but I've already had to get a couple of picks, but I'll, I'll work it out somehow. Um, Ron, Ronnie, actually, you're next, so uh, you, you finished last last year, and you're still last. And keep traveling that, down that last place road. I'm going to pick uh, Kyle Bush. Kyle Bush, that's a good one. Well, I'm going to take. Uh, um, I'm going to take Chase Elliott. I'm going to get back on that horse, especially since uh, this is his home track, and he's got to win one someday. Okay, Deb, uh, you go ahead. Who else has been picked? Okay, already? well, uh, and and. Well, you're the champion, so you would have had last pick anyway. So Greg wants right. Greg wants Bell again because that's who he won with last week. It's the first time I think Greg's ever won and been in first place. Mm -hmm. Mike wants Larson as often as, he can, as often as he can get him, and of course Lanny always picks Blaney. So uh, Ronnie just took Kyle Busch, and I just took Chase. So you got the rest of them. Okay. Well, I'm standing here. We're in the middle of Cup qualifying right now, so I'm going to go with Logano again. And that's a good pick. All right, then. So we got our picks out of the way. So what are your impressions from Daytona, and what's uh, what's new in Atlanta for uh, that you can tell us about? Well, you know, the, the two big questions are the fact that the Daytona 500 actually turned into a fuel-saving race, and the drivers are not happy about that at all. Kyle Busch actually referred to it as being pathetic. So... You know, they're not happy about that. They want to see something change there. And as far as Atlanta, you know, the question is now that Atlanta this year kicks off the cup playoffs, it's do you approach Atlanta differently than you would normally 
since the second Atlanta race is in the playoffs. So those are the two things that are coming out uh, that a lot of people are talking about. Yeah, and, of course, they had one of the biggest crashes. I mean, they always have a big one, but the, the one at Daytona was like a, a, a super big one. There were like 20, over 20 cars yeah, in it. That the was, big one on steroids. Yeah, it was 23 cars, and but you know the thing is, a lot of the people who were involved did not exit the race. Right, There absolutely. were some people who, who, I mean, let's face it, the winner triggered it when uh, there were the first two cars did when Bowman bumped Byron, and then Byron got squirrely and then caught the right rear of Keselowski, and that turned him up into the, the front of the pack. Yeah. So, you know, it, it not everyone who was involved was out of the race. Yeah. Well, you know, you can expect it, but uh, I didn't know if, uh, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people this week uh, complaining about the pack racing and the restrictor plates, and they like it and they don't like it. And as you said, it's, it's not, they haven't had restrictor plates in years. Is that correct? That's correct. I was going to say, if they're complaining about restrictor plates, they tell that tells me they're not really paying attention because it hadn't been restrictor plates in years. They have tapered spacers. Tapered spacers. And is that smaller than last year? Yeah. Uh, no, I think they're still the same that they were last year. The thing that changed wasn't the tapered spacer. It was the approach to the sport, or to the race, rather. And that was the fact that they wanted to get in fuel-saving mode so that they spent less time on pit road getting fuel. And that was what caused the slowdown. That's what caused them to race the way they did. And it had everything to do, it didn't have anything to do with the tapered spacers. It was all about saving fuel. And that was instructions from their crew chiefs and their engineers and everybody. That was the game plan going in was that they would save fuel so that when they did pit, they would spend less time on pit road near refueling the fuel tank. Is this something so new? It was, well, it's, I think it was just more evident this year. Um, because it was so drastic, it wasn't just a few cars doing it, it was basically every car doing it. And that was what caused the race to be so slow and the lack of passing and everything. It didn't have anything to do with the tapered spacer. It was the strategy that they went in on with fuel uh, fuel saving. Well, uh, you know, now that will be effective i mean is that going to influence uh atlanta i mean or is that just going to be like a daytona and talladega thing maybe well they don't think it'll influence it here in atlanta because atlanta is such a different track you know i mean daytona's 2.5 miles and atlanta's a mile less right uh but the thing that you have here in atlanta that you didn't have at daytona is two pit road speeds because they have one speed coming off of the back stretch where they come on. Oh, that's road, right. I forgot about And then they have another line where they have to slow down even more. So that's that's one thing. They had pit road practice yesterday. I forgot all about that wacky. I, I say wacky, and I, I, I don't mean anything by that other than that I, other than I forgot about. They had that, that new, I guess they started that last year. The, the it was July, and the reason they started it in July was July. because the transition is so quick coming off of three to go on to pit road, and they extended the entrance to pit road to the back stretch uh-huh. so that they come off. So it basically gives them more time to gear down 
from, you know, the speed they're going. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add to us? Well, in... Promote um, something or... Well, in cup cup inspection yesterday, they took the uh, roof rail deflectors from the 10 and the 41, and if there's going to be any more penalties, we'll know by Tuesday. And the 47 flunked inspection twice, so he lost his pit selection, and his team engineer was suspended for the weekend. Oh, wow. They get serious about that stuff, don't they? Yes, they do. <laughs> All right. All right, well, Dad, we'll let you go so we'll have a smooth transition here before you uh, have to dump me. I'll uh, I'll just ease you out gracefully, and uh, um, we'll be talking to you next week, I hope. That, oh, let me mention one other thing. All right. Um, Jesse Love got the pole uh, for the Xfinity Series race today, and this is the first time in NASCAR Xfinity Series history that a driver has won the pole for the first two Xfinity races of his career. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's cool. And uh, Jeremy Clements is starting in the 12th row next to the guy that took him out last week, Parker Retzlaff. Oh, well, you know, those <laughs> things happen. <laughs> yeah, it does. Deb, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. All right. Have a good week. All right. Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. That was Deb Williams. Who in the heck is she, Ronnie? She's the smartest woman I know. That's that's the truth so uh all right i thought it better just to slip her out than uh have her say i gotta go bye yeah or uh, or me have to do that to her i had talked to ryan delaney yesterday about uh him calling in from atlanta so i just ex- texted him and said if you want to call in do it now because we got six minutes and uh just to say hi or something but uh he's not answering my text and i don't want to call him cold so we'll just we'll just carry on without uh without that I've got a few things I can touch on here, maybe to maybe to stretch out to the end of the show. I don't know, but anyway, uh, of course, not all the series are starting up yet, and uh, we've still got a little bit before some of them do. Indy um, has a 17 race schedule that I touched on a little bit last week, and uh, they start on March the 10th. That's a couple of weeks from now at uh, St. Petersburg on the street course, and. Uh, then they go to the famous Long Beach uh, in April, so they've uh, you know they got about a they got about six weeks between their first two races, and then the, they uh, they're pretty hot and heavy, of course, with the big one, the biggest race in the world, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the Indianapolis 500, which is on Memorial Day weekend, which will be May 26th this year. Formula One will be cranking up uh, pretty soon. Uh, in fact, uh, next weekend will be, a, this is a leap year, you know it? We got a February 29th. Let me see if this is, talk a second there, Ronnie. Yeah, we're getting started really well with the Start your engine. race season this year, and it's, it's already exciting. Start your engine. All right, I'm going to put you on hold. All right, and I think we've got a, got a caller, don't we, Perry? Yeah, we've got a caller. You there? You there, Ryan? I'm here. Hey, well, hi, you got about two minutes, two or three minutes. Uh, how's it going down in Atlanta? Okay. We just talked to Deb. Yeah, I hadn't seen Deb yet, but we actually had just kind of got situated here in the infield, so we were running a little bit behind this morning. I want to try to get to you earlier, but but it's good good day. The cup cars are out. We're going through qualifying. It's pretty windy, as y'all probably seen. It's probably only going to get worse, but it's going to be a good day for it. 
cup cars will be wrapping up here shortly, so we're excited. We had kind of hoped we'd get a better qualifying start for our folks on the 51. But well, we'll I can't believe up. he qualified we'll next. I can't believe he qualified next to the guy he called a dork <laughs> that took him out at Daytona. <laughs> they're in the same. They're in the twelfth yeah. row together. So uh, that ought to be a yeah. nice hanging around the car before the race. Well, we hope that. Uh, they should be able to work better together going forward. I guess is is one way to put it. So hopefully they, hopefully they can work together better and maybe collectively get towards the front. Yeah, be optimistic. I guess. I want to thank you, Ryan, uh, on the air, and we've already talked about it a good bit off and on this morning. Um, with uh, the tour you gave us at Jeremy Clemens Racing yesterday, with uh, the people from Stapleton, Mitchell Stapleton, and his uh, his girlfriend Logan, uh, you. Uh, you yep. did a masterful job of taking us through there, and it was very, very pleasant. And he was absolutely amazed. He said, you know, I'm going to do a show. It'll be out in about a month on this trip. But this is going to be a teaser because i got to come back to Spartanburg. I can do two hours just with Clement. So uh, thank you so much right. for helping with that. And uh, uh, I think we've created a monster. Well, that, I, I appreciate you including me on that because it, it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, with the race team being gone um i think that that made it better in a way because i didn't feel like we were in the way but not as much right so and so it actually worked out better so if he if he wants to schedule a time to do it when you know jeremy can do his side of that deal i can still do some stuff on the engine shop it was a little bit easier because i'm always you know and they're as you know more than gracious with their time as far as having folks come in and take oh they were so nice about it and i just and i just try to you know, be aware of that and, and not try to take advantage of it. But it's, I mean, you and I both enjoy having folks come through and and seeing seeing behind the metal walls of that building that they really don't have a real understanding of what happens in there until you've seen it firsthand. It's amazing that so many different rooms and oh, it was just a, I thoroughly enjoyed it and I can't wait to go back again. Um, but. Uh, as I said, if I'm sure you'll see Jeremy. You may be close to him right now, but thank him so much for letting us come in there and do that because it is Jeremy Clements Racing, and uh, and his family w- was just so generous with their time. And uh, um, thank him for me and uh, and for all I of will. us at the radio station. Stapleton too. He's he can't wait to get back. Well, I, I definitely will. We're we're going to walk over into the garage area here in just a few minutes, probably right here at the conclusion of Cup. Uh, qualifying, so I'll make sure to let him know, and I know that he would really enjoy visiting with him. You know, the next time he does that show, so I'll definitely. I've seen some of his his stuff, so I look forward to seeing you know what he's able to produce from not just the the short trip, like you said he did this go around, but maybe the next time. Um, it's always good to give some good exposure to those guys in whatever way we can do it. So, um, but I'll thank him for you, yeah, for sure, and. Do that. Hopefully we'll have a good, a good truck race and Xfinity race this afternoon down here in Hampton. Yeah, we gotta we gotta dig out of that twenty seventh position we are in the point standings, and we, I mean Jeremy Clemens, I feel like I'm a part of that team. As I know you do, you are a part you of the are, team. You are. We are. We all are. Everybody in in that's a fan of his and the Spartanburg contingent, and certainly anybody that helps us at the station, like you certainly do, or or. Team member number one. Okay. Well, we got about 30 seconds before Fox is going to kick us off, whether we like it or not. I'm glad I could squeeze you in, Ryan, and we'll try to do it uh, as many weeks as we can. 
Thank you, Perry, and thank you guys for everything you do. Yeah, Appreciate it. Give Jeremy our best. Talk to you later. I will. All See right. you guys. Bye. That's Ryan Clary. He owns this joint. And uh, Ryan Clary. Ryan Delaney. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan Clary owns part of it, I think. Yeah, he's so, part owner, yeah. But anyway. And I don't know what the schedule is, but I think at 2 o'clock we may have a basketball game with Winthrop uh, with an upstate down there. I know they did baseball yesterday. But we got 10 seconds to get out of here before the – hopefully the music's going to start playing. Um, but it's been a great show. I was glad to have Frank Scott on. He was a great guest. And hopefully uh, Spartanburg's radio home for Gamecock. Fox Sports Spartanburg.